Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And uh, I don't have anything good for this, but it's also, we're going to talk about a trailer later that I'm upset even exists. And it's none of the ones we've talked about so far in, in our pre-roll discussion. Uh, regardless, how are you? Um, fine, how are you? Uh, I am also fine. Okay. Everybody's fine. Cyberpunk 2077 came out, and uh, unshockingly, it had the most amount of bugs known to, known to humankind. Yeah, I saw a real good meme. It was uh, from, oh, what the fuck, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, when James Franco is about to be hanged. Yep. And it's uh, it says EA and Bethesda and all that, and like the guy next to him is CD Projekt Red, and James Franco's going, first time. <laughs> Ashley's um, coming in to say something. Hold, hold, please. Ashley, say what you would like to say. Oh, really? Yeah. I texted my sister pictures I found of my mom looking like a snack and told her that, and that was... I was not going to offer to let you see them, because that's really weird. Yes, I would not... Tell like, her to send them to me. Yeah, uh, so, so send them to Caleb. <laughs> really? Caleb wants them. Okay. Yeah. I'll jerk off to her mom. I don't care. <laughs> so I just smoked... I'll jerk off to all of your mothers. Just try to stop me. I do it in every room in the house, looking at everybody's mom. Don't shame me. I was I was thinking of your friend. I just had to grab the tickets. <laughs> I know what I know what Rick and Morty reference you were making, so it was uh it was that. Ashley apparently does not understand how technology works. <laughs> I not right now. Oh my god, are you serious? Oh! Caleb, it'll be there eventually. It'll be there eventually. Let's move on to what... Oh, see, uh, we were talking about Cyberpunk. So, apparently The Witcher 3 also released with a shit ton of bugs, but everyone forgot about that because they played it, like, a year after it came out. So, that's the solution, is to just play Cyberpunk 2077 a year after it comes out. I don't know. I was, uh... I was trying to convince my coworkers today to uh, prank call GameStop and say that we got a defective game that we wanted to get our money back because we couldn't make our characters' genitals in Cyberpunk as big as real life. Well, I, I've always I, I've been loving the uh, the image of Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force and the, his penis is uh, very very large now. He's like people are like, "This is how big I'm going to make my penis in Cyberpunk." Man, tell Ashley I want to bang her mom. She'll listen to this. <laughs> uh, this isn't going to be in it, is it? Oh, yes. Yeah. my wife exists. I mean, your, your wife has heard worse. Yeah, it's only jokes. It's only joke. Why you have to be mad? Thank you, Is Ilya Brizgalov. I'm, uh... 
I'm not too chatty just at this moment, so why don't we just do a segment and uh, do What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the can! Gin and tonic, what about you? I am having some leftover jello shots that are from my wife's birthday like five months ago, I guess, that she wanted me to get rid of for her. So these are Slurp brand alcohol-infused gelatin shots. That's uh, S-L-R-R-R-P, uh, which is a registered trademark. And the one I'm taking is Blue Raspberry Smash. Uh, this is going to be sonically awful. Oh, I didn't like that. <laughs> I don't know why your wife has jello shots. I don't know. I guess this is like pre like really bad COVID times. Uh, and she went to see her sisters for her birthday, and I guess they got her a bunch of jello shots. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do one more. This one's Strawberry Slammer. Let me know if it sounds any less disgusting. Man, these aren't good. Uh-huh. That's it. I, I just can't believe you you, you have jello shots. I don't know. Yeah, they've been in my fridge for a while. I've been avoiding them. Can't imagine why. Uh, so, so with that disgusting segment out of the way, which included both a vomit sound drop and two two instances of a man slurping down uh, Jello shots, <laughs> it's now time to talk about some news. Oh shit! It's mail time. Uh, This is something I talked about last week, but apparently now Legendary Pictures may challenge Warner over uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla and Dune being included in the HBO Max deal. What do you think? Do you have an opinion? Do you care? These are both movies that I was looking forward to. I would like to be able to view them this year. Which, I mean, I guess I could in home video, but like, I'm not going to go to a movie theater and Mm -hmm. see these Mm -hmm. and i have hbo max so i would like to be able to watch them uh my thought is we've kind of been talking about this like yeah it sucks that these are going to a streaming service as opposed to being in theaters because i do feel like they'd be best in theaters yeah i'm i'm sorry the the pandemic was inconvenient for people in Hollywood who are mad. Like, Denis Villeneuve wrote a fucking open letter about how mad he is that Dune's gonna be on HBO Max. Because, like, they wanted it to be a big hit, and, like, it was supposed to launch a franchise, like it was gonna be a trilogy starter. And, I I mean, it doesn't make sense to just sit on it for three years, though. You know? You know what I right. mean? Uh, if you want to continue to make movies, the best way to do that is to get money for said movie. Uh, and HBO Max does that. <laughs> I sent you guys the, the link for uh, Denis Villeneuve's uh, open letter and then posted the Simpsons gif of Old Man Yells at Cloud. I don't know if it's that, because I, I think he just wants more money, which I respect. I'm I'm sorry that the global pandemic 
uh, inconvenience the Hollywood elite. I think he's hiding behind the fact of cinematic purity, but, like, whatever. I mean, like, if that was the case, like, no one would, like, they would boycott the sale of DVDs, Blu-rays, digital copies. But right. But I think they just want residuals and such. I'm just, I don't know. I'm tired of seeing directors, like, clinging to the the apron strings of, like, this perceived new golden age of Hollywood that, you know, we have to protect fucking the purity of the cinematic experience. Like, COVID has changed our society permanently. I don't think that theaters are going to come back in the way that they were before. I just don't think that they will. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, so so that's that. Uh, Christopher Nolan complained uh, he is the cause of this because no one went to see Tenet in theaters. It didn't make a profit. Yeah. Uh, it didn't yeah, even make his money back. He proved that it won't work. So it's all over. You lose now. You like Christopher Nolan, you can't complain about this. You can't call something the worst streaming service when all they want is their money back on on the things that they paid for. Yeah. You can release Dune on HBO Max and not sell tickets for it but like people will watch it through a monthly subscription based service or you can throw the movie into the garbage and leave it there forever they either come out on a streaming service or they come out uh in a fire sale for pennies on the fucking dollar where you will likely see nothing and you know who it will probably go to netflix and you know what netflix will do netflix will release them on their streaming service so like who cares you like it's invalid at this point a pandemic has happened you cannot have the same expectations you had a year ago i don't know i was i was pretty annoyed just because it was Denis Villeneuve complaining. I have such a hard time. Like, I always stumble over his name. Uh, but it kind of just comes out as Denis Villeneuve. Yes. But, like, he hasn't had, like, a massive hit. Like, Arrival was arguably one of the best sci-fi movies ever made. But, like, uh, Blade Runner 2049, massive flop. Lost all kind of money. Like, I don't know. I don't think he's earned the clout to fucking piss and moan about shit does he make good movies yes but are they successful in the way that everyone cares about no but yeah he's not he's not like a spielberg like a you know it it struck me as like you know i'm a director who cares about art for art's sake and you know he's being very like pompous about it like i said i think it's a lot of hey we're grandstanding for the art of the theater, but in reality, mm-hmm. their their wallets are just lighter. Yeah, I fucking hate going to movie theaters. I honestly really do, cause like I don't have an Alamo or anything like where they'll kick people out for being fucking noisy, and I always have to sit in front of a bunch of fucking teenagers that don't shut up. So unless like I find an art house theater that has ushers and will kick people out if they make the slightest noise during the movie. Like I will not be attending any screenings of any movies probably for the rest of my life. Until you get an Alamo like theater. Yeah. Which, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm over it. I don't enjoy the experience. 
A $20 ticket is the best way to prohibit teenagers from ever going to see a movie ever again. So that's why mm-hmm. the Alamo is wonderful. And that's what, you know, you were saying the other day, like, I'm I'm willing to pay a premium for somebody to be held accountable for fucking kicking my chair and, like, bringing six, like, kids under 10 years old to fucking Joker, and then they're too scared to walk across the parking lot at the end of the movie, because the one kid's crying, because he just watched the Joker murder a bunch of people. Uh-huh. Man, how stupid are you if when you take children to an R-rated movie? It's almost like they knew. I don't have kids, but I'm very vocal in judging parents for the stupid shit that they do, so. <laughs> it's fucking mind-boggling. Uh, anyway, uh, next story has nothing to do with us at all, but I can't not talk about this. Uh, so this has already been released upon an unsuspecting world by the time you're hearing this, but uh, Mario Lopez played Colonel Sanders in a Lifetime original movie that was a joint venture with Kentucky Fried Chicken called A Recipe for Seduction. Mm-hmm. This is the best thing I've ever heard of. How how does Netflix not get on this? Why Why is Lifetime the one that beats them to this? See, I think that KFC specifically sought out Lifetime for this because they they wanted to make like a shitty publicity stunt movie. I mean, that sounds like oh fuck, who is that? The Asylum, the Asylum, the the the, the, the production company that just makes movies that are like sort of the title of the movie it's ripping off, like uh, Transmorphers, Atlantic Rim. <laughs> Money Cessna. Yeah, Cash Blimp. There we go. Perfect. We're talking about Money Plane, 2020's best movie. (laughs) If you haven't seen Money Plane, spend however much money you have to 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 rent Money Plane. Uh, This is stupid. I can't wait to watch it at some point. Oh, God. The watermelon one's even worse. Why are you still drinking them? Because they're here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. For, I know that problem. <clears throat> All right, let's uh, go to the next story. Yeah, take me away from this. In a now deleted tweet from their NX Twitter account, Netflix announced a Sonic the Hedgehog animated series, which was to be released in 2022. Uh, however, it was pretty much deleted almost immediately, uh, so I don't know if they had the go-ahead to talk about this yet or not, but they did. So, uh, Caleb, a Sonic the Hedgehog series. What do you want out of this? I want sexy anthropomorphic animals with big butts and tits. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. See, I originally thought they uh, effed up, because they put out the tweet on the same night as the Game Awards, and then I was like, oh, they're going to announce it during the Game Awards. Okay, cool. And then they didn't formally announce it during the Game Awards. I was like, uh, what? Okay, then. I don't know. I um, I would like it to be tied in with the Sonic movie, because I like that movie. But 
I just want them to tell the story of Sonic Adventure and, and Sonic Adventure 2 battle. I don't know. Um, anything involving the Sonic franchise, I'm I'm fairly dubious of. Uh, most of the games have been very bad. Yes, that's uh, true. The gen the Genesis one was like all the ones on Genesis for the most part were very good, but like then you had shit like Sonic Spinball and Sonic turns into a werewolf, and then Sonic is in Arabian Nights or something, I guess. And I don't know. Never forget Sonic Heroes. Yeah, Sonic Heroes was not good. But I don't know. Then, like, Gener- Sonic Generations was pretty good, and then Sonic Mania was really good. And uh, then the movie was pretty good, so... Seems like we might be entering a new a new golden age of... Sonic the Hedgehog movies. Just sexy, sexy, big dick hedgehogs having lots of sex. I don't know, the Sonic fandom is into... Some really weird shit, so. Yes, they are. Uh, I will I will now direct you to... Uh, nope. My, my nephew uh, dramatically reading the Sonic... Uh, he, the Sonic High School slash fiction, which you can find on uh, YouTube. It's hilarious. Maybe we'll put a link in the show notes here. Okay. I, okay, I guess. Uh, well, that moves us Hooray. over to Downstream, where we get to talk about some trailers. There are only five trailers, and we'll see if five trailers is too much for Caleb in Downstream, a segment. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! I don't know, this felt fine. Uh, the first trailer is for Sweet Home. I decided it was time to die, and the world agreed with me. Welcome to hell. When you open your eyes, all you see are monsters. Try to survive the end of a doomed world. Sweet Home, December 18th, only on Netflix. Uh, This is uh, Japanese, I'm guessing? I believe so. Well, we want to talk about here Sweet Home. (laughs) Uh, It is sort of a zombie thing. It's about an infection that turns people into weird fucked up monsters. It reminds me a lot of uh, like a Tokyo Gore Police. Where it's going to be just like over the top blood and guts. Mm-hmm. And I'm here for it. Uh, this looks real good to me. So. Okay. Cool. Uh, I thought this looked fine. Uh, m- moving on to the next trailer, which uh, could not flaunt in the face of Caleb any more than uh, humanly possible. It's called Double Dad. Uh, the most zen film on Netflix launches on January 15 in order to start the new year really peace and love. And it's all in the family since my cousin Misa is the star of Double Dad. That is the real Netflix YouTube channel description of sure this movie. Sure is. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like, wh- who's cousin Misa? The person who uploaded the video, obviously. I guess. Uh, Caleb, with her two dads, how do you feel with your zero dads? Jealous. This looks like a, like a junk food movie where it's like, yeah, I can probably play around. I'm like, like, like you throw this on in the background and you're, while you're doing literally anything else. Like, you could play, I don't know, say Mario Odyssey while you're watching B-movie or this movie. 
and you know get exactly as much out of it as you need to. Yeah. Uh man. This doesn't look good. No, no, it doesn't. Alright, our next trailer is for The Minimalists. Less is more. It's more of these motherfuckers. We did a documentary of theirs, like it was released in twenty sixteen, like maybe a year and a half to two years ago. Uh and for some reason everyone thought, ah, ah. Look how exciting these men are. Let's get them back for another boring-looking documentary. Yep. Uh, I don't know why this is happening to me. Um, I don't know why I watched this originally. And uh, I don't want to watch it again. So It looks like the same fucking thing. It's like the same thing. It's the same movie that we just we saw. Like, they're scamming people. Yeah. Hey, get rid of your stuff. Now watch more of our shit. And not only that, but it's like, hey, we're going to talk about how hard our lives were. And it's like, I f- vividly remember them saying shit about like how hard their lives were. It's like, I don't need this again. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Um. Then we got a trailer for something that I'm very excited about. Uh, a series that is uh, continuing on Netflix. Uh, It is Fate, the Winx Saga. Uh Uh-huh. I zagged on you there. Um, No, but we, yeah, they're making a live-action Winx. It's, uh... It's gonna be terrible. I guess guess it's a cartoon about fairies for little girls. I never watched that, uh, mainly because it would come on, like, right after Toonami uh, on Cartoon Network, and I was like, nope, I want my Dragon Ball Z or nothing, and then immediately turned off the television. To go play video games. Alright. Uh, the thing I'm actually excited about is season three of Cobra Kai. Um, it's happening. The The two main characters are teaming up, and there's going to be... Uh, Johnny is going to be learning Miyagi-Do karate. And uh, I guess... Kill... Crease, uh, maybe? Probably not. Probably not. Probably beat him in a fight. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. Looks looks pretty cool. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see how they follow up from season three. It did show. Uh, oh God, I already forget some of the characters' names. Miguel, but like Robbie. No, uh, Robbie, Robbie. I was I was going to say uh, main Miyagi Karate boy. Ah, yeah, right. Um, it shows him in juvenile detention, getting his shit wrecked by like. A bunch of dudes that just beat the fuck out of him because he thinks he's a uh, tough nuts karate man. And then, he, and then you learn in real life sometimes people don't give a fuck about your karate and just beat the shit out of you anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, that'll move us over into quick hits where we're going to talk about some stuff we watched this week. <laughs> Uh, so, Caleb, what did you watch? And let me just say, I knew you were going to watch this. Yeah, I have something to add. I watched Alien Worlds. <laughs> I knew it! Yeah, yeah, you called it. Uh, it's a, I don't know, I was interested in it, I guess. It's a phony bullshit documentary about fake alien planets and the things that live there. But they talk about science and how science works, and they're like... 
well, you know, given this set of conditions, life must do these kind of things Mm -hmm. that are slightly different from how things work on Earth. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm just in it for the world building. Instead of breathing air, they breathe methane. That's how they talk, I assume. Mm. I don't know. Uh it's it's a neat little show. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. It just feels like an excuse for a bunch of animators to come up with some wild shit. Oh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Let me show you my D and D world. It's way bigger than Earth, and so everything's, uh, all the animals fly around because it's, the air is so dense because of gravity, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. It's a weird show. It's fine. Okay. You completed the greatest troll job of all time yesterday uh, by not only making Gerald watch B-movie for his patrons. <laughs> and then not coming and, to watch it with you. And then you didn't... You, I went along yeah. because I'm like, eh, fuck it, I've never seen B-movie. I'd like to watch B-movie. Uh, and you never showed up. So I watched B-movie. Yeah. I was I was going to hop on late because I had to help Vanessa finish dinner. Uh, but then I got to the point where uh, I had my dinner and it was like an hour into what when you guys would have been watching it. And I was like, I'm just going to leave them to their fate. So uh, that movie is dreadful and I hate you. I've never <laughs> wanted anyone dead more dead than you at this current moment. <laughs> Like, who had blackmail on all these people? Like, Jerry Seinfeld has more money than fucking God, thanks to Seinfeld, and you, you're telling me he had to do this movie? Like, what the fuck? He didn't have to. He chose to. I think he was an executive producer. What I really want to know is, what did they have on Renee Zellweger? Oh my god, right? This should have ruined her career. And, all, in all likelihood, probably did. Has she done anything? She's done a few. She won the Academy Award last year for Best Actress for her performance in In Judy, the movie that no one saw. Oh, the Judy Garland movie. Yeah. I forgot that existed. You and everybody else. I feel like there's movies that win Oscars every year that are only shown in Hollywood. Like, they're just L.A. exclusive for People to watch and fillet themselves over. Yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, the B movie. Uh, don't watch it ever. Do you hear me? It's all of you. Don't watch it. I just have one question for you. Uh huh. You like jazz? Uh, that happened. I I'm, I marked out for that moment, and then I marked out for when uh, Patrick Warburton's character turns around and he's like, "Huh?" And it's like that image from the. From- it's like the image from the, the meme photo thing. Uh, I marked out for those two moments, and then I hated my life the entire time. Also, uh, apparently I taught <laughs> a, a seven-year-old how to how to spell the word boobies. Uh, and then I told him about the number... Oh, fuck. It's like... What is it? Uh, 531-8008. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Type it into our calculator. Flip that motherfucker upside down. You got boobies, son. I didn't... I didn't tell him to put in a calculator or anything. I just said, hey, Logan, and then gave him these numbers, and then that was it. But 
So now he's aware of those numbers. He, I'm sure he doesn't know what they mean. But uh, since uh, Gerald's wife tried to blame me for the fact that he can now read boo, that he can now spell boobies, I blamed her for the fact that he's able to read. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Next thing I watched uh, as I go through my workday, I've uh, from working working at home, I will watch series on my second monitor because that's what I do. Uh, And I've been recently watching Dark. Uh, Again, it's the German time travel show, which is uh, dense, heady, uh, very well done. I recommend it if you guys haven't watched it yet. It's Headley. Look, honey, it's Hedy Lamar. (laughs) I'm in Hedy Lamar's shoes. It's Headley. Uh, Yeah. Uh, check out Dark if you haven't yet. <clears throat> Just choke down Jello Shot 5. I don't know why you're punishing yourself, but good for you. Well, it's getting easier. Well, yeah, you're getting more drunk. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of getting drunk. Kind of feel good now. Uh, the The final thing I watched uh, was Hunt for the Wilder People, the official movie of New Zealand. Any good? Yeah, it's good. I won't go above that. It's a it's a good movie. It's fun, funny. It's Taika Waititi. Like so, he 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 has like some good jokes lined up in there. But like overall, uh, story's kind of serviceable, kind of whatever. But yeah, it's good. I liked it. This sounds like a negative review, but you know it's funny. It's a, it moves along at a good pace. It's too ridiculous in certain points. Uh, in fact, like the ending reminds me of, uh, the ending of Tread, uh, but I'll leave it at that if you haven't watched it before in your entire life for some reason, but yeah, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People on Netflix now. Well, all right. Uh, that's it. That's all I watched this week. Well, uh, in that case, why don't we cut into a quick break and when we come back, Uh, We will talk about our main review topic of The Liberator. Hey, Caleb, do you like Hollywood Awards season? Uh, nope. What about fantasy football? Nuh-uh. Well, what if I told you you can combine both into something even greater? Perhaps. Then head over to The Star Draft, our sponsor for today's epi. At thestardraft.com, you can create a league to invite friends to or join a public league make some new ones color me intrigued tell me more well first draft a team of 10 actors and musicians for every nomination and award show set a lineup every time your actor or musician earns an accolade they earn your team points then sit back relax watch the awards and rehearse your acceptance speech the site's top scoring team at the end of oscars night earns a cash prize well that sounds easy but there's got to be a catch how much am i paying 100% 100% free. And because we love the Star Draft and you all, the listeners, so much, we've created a public league that you can join right now. All you have to do is sign up and join our Netflix and Swill League at thestardraft.com slash swill. So Star Draft knows that we sent you. That's thestardraft.com slash swill. We look forward to beating you off all aboard season long. What? Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get into our main review topic for the week. The Liberator. The Liberator is an animated action drama miniseries uh, rated 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. 
the true story of one of the bloodiest battles of World War II. Uh, this is four episodes, each one's a little bit less than an hour. Except uh, I think the last one might go over an hour a little bit. Brief story synopsis. Uh, it's about uh, a unit from Oklahoma comp- composed of Native Americans, Mexican Americans, and Dust Bowl Cowboys, most of whom couldn't drink together in the same bars back home. Uh, they landed in Sicily and endured a brutal 500-day trek through Nazi-occupied Europe. This is the story of those men, a group of soldiers known as the Thunderbirds. Dan, what did you think of The Liberator? It's kind of hilarious that they, they say all these things, but like I've never heard them referred to as the Thunderbirds throughout the entire series. They did in the first episode, and that's it. Oh, good. Well, uh, okay, so let's get this out of the way. Uh, we said it in the trailer when we watched the trailer, and I'm going to say it again now. This looks like a fucking Telltale game. <laughs> I don't know why it's rotoscoped. They, like, filmed all the actors and then animated over top. Uh, probably because it's cheaper? I guess. Because, like, as opposed to having to, you know, go film on location or building sets... Basically, all they do is, like, stand in front of a green screen and just, like, throw props where they need them to, and they just have the actors on set for extremely cheap. I thought that it also might have been the case that there was, like, a graphic novel or something that this was based off of, aside from just, like, being a true story. It's like, maybe they were trying to copy that aesthetic, but I don't know if that's true or not. There's a book, but no graphic novel. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. It was uh it was an interesting choice that they made and that's fine for them. It didn't I don't know, once it got rolling it didn't really bother me. Yeah, I mean it was a bit distracting in some points cuz like there's no there's no real weight to anything. Like I don't I I actually had a really hard time telling who some characters were based off of the animation. And just like how they were drawn, it's like, ah, I don't know who this fucking person is. Why don't you make it more clear? I don't know. Maybe that was on me. Maybe I just had a, a difficult time trying to follow it. But I just, I, I watched it. And I went, I don't know who half these fucking people are. So when people do start dying, I'm like, who, who's that? Oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, I didn't really have that problem. I don't know. The the main like three or four, I could tell them apart so Mm -hmm. no that's fair uh acting wise i thought it was it was fine Uh, obviously this is a story for uh bradley james whoever that fucking guy is uh i don't think i've ever heard of him where he's from uh you talk what did you think i actually like this quite a bit uh each episode kind of kind of stands on its own as like a little mini story, but they all tie into each other. So like the first one uh is about how he like first came to command this like band of misfits, basically. Like they were all mm-hmm. in jail because people treated him like shit and they lashed out. So he was the one that kind of gave him a chance to succeed and, and helped them along and uh, you know, earned their respect. Uh and then Second one is, like, they get pinned down uh, in this, like, really brutal standoff with the German army. And, uh, like, only if, uh, like, a small handful of them make it out. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, the third one is about like them traveling through France, and then the uh, fourth is about them kind of raiding the the Dachau um, concentration camp. So, like each one kind of stands alone, but like they all like flow into like each one flows into the next. Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, so pacing pacing wise, it's it's very good. Like I liked how the battles and everything were portrayed like felt realistic despite the fact that it's basically a cartoon like it's uh i don't know i think it's up there with any other great world war 2 drama like this is the last uh like even though the nazis were like the worst of the worst like mm-hmm. um and did like some of the worst things that like humanity's capable of like they still portray them in this as like having some honor like they'll accept surrender they don't just kill everybody when like they respect other soldiers at least probably the last conflict that we were in where you could say that that was true all right because then we're just like occupying different countries and there there's no real indication of who's the soldier and who's not because yeah. it's everybody yeah, like a soldier. the like the Viet Cong didn't like say hey we got you pinned down or mm-hmm. we're going to give you a chance to surrender they just kind of <laughs> would do whatever you know or at least that's how it's always been portrayed in the the movies and stuff i wasn't there obviously i was uh not alive definitely not alive um so yeah i uh i was pretty favorable on this yeah like i'm also gonna come come across positive i don't think it's bad it's uh it's the thing that will turn most people off is probably the animation aspect to it and i i I do think that allows them to do things they wouldn't have been able to do for the budget that they were likely given for this despite the fact that it's a world war ii movie uh and typically those cost a lot of money. I mean, 1917 was a World War One movie, cost a shit ton of money. Uh, Dunkirk was a World War Two movie, cost a shit ton of money, and wasn't as expansive as this series was. So, ultimately, I I think, despite the fact that I don't like the choice of the animation, it it was almost necessary to tell this story in the first place. Hmm. I will say, like, this is one that I think it's worth sticking with it. Like each episode gets progressively better, and the last episode is far and away the best. Oh so, yes. If you're only gonna watch one episode, I would say like this is kind of wild. But like, if you only watch one episode, make it the fourth episode. But like, you should just watch it the whole way through and stick it out and get to the last one, which is very good. I mean, it's all like this series as a whole is only the length. Of one of the Lord of the Rings extended edition movies. It's true. So you can watch it quite comfortably in an evening, Gerald. Harry Potter's too fucking long. Uh, that's what Ginny Weasley said. Don't. Uh, wait. Room of Requirement is book six. Okay, it's fine. Not room requirement. What's that fucking box thing? I don't know. 
I can't remember what the box thing is. You're the Harry Potter fan. There's that box thing in like an attic in Hogwarts. It's also in an attic on uh, Nocturne Alley, and it it allows the Death Eaters to get into to Hogwarts and Nocturne Alley. Yeah, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. That's what it's called, Nocturne Alley. Noc- Nocturnally. Yes. Just like Diagon Alley is Diagon. Diagonally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once you break it down, J.K. Rowling. Not that great with names. Fucking hack. The wizarding wizarding world is ridiculous. I don't know. Isn't she writing something now about like the the wizarding wizarding world as it pertains to America and it's like cowboy wizards with guns? I mean, if that's the case, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome, and also a shockingly accurate portrayal of America from uh, somebody living in the UK. Yep. We're all just cowboys with big hats and belt buckles and boots. It's true. I mean, we'll see that coming up in uh, Tread when we talk about Tread, uh, how ridiculous we can be. Uh, as for this, I I don't know. Like, it, it promised originally that it was like, you know, kind of like Glory-ish. You know, like Glory is like the Civil War movie that features, you know, a guy in command who... Uh, leads a bunch of uh, black soldiers against the uh, Confederate soldiers. And it's like, oh, they're a bunch of misfits. They'll never make it. And that's how yeah. this was kind of promised to me. And uh, Neil say after the second episode, it became less that. I like that, though. Like, I didn't need four hours of him earning their respect. Oh, right. To like have a reason to follow him. So. No, no, no. I I'm good with it being like half of an episode, because that's ultimately what it was was half an episode. But like, it just felt like, hey, these were a bunch of cast off and rejects from other units, and they became an elite fighting force. And I guess it's because it's true to life and not a Hollywood movie. But like, things transpired, and it's like, well, it stops being that and starts to become more like the the actual army. All right. Um. I don't know that I want to go too deep into like plot details uh-huh. other than kind of like the broad strokes that we've already done. Uh-huh. Uh, Cause I think that you should watch this, I guess as a trigger warning, like the last episode is about uh, a concentration camp. So it's like they pretty, pretty accurately portray how horrifying that is. So, I mean, it's it's obviously, like, animated, so it's not, like, real bodies and shit, but it's it's fairly graphic. Right. And just, like, generally, uh, you know, like, combat throughout. So, yeah, what would you give the Liberator? Uh, that's fine. Three. Uh, I'm actually going to go four. Oh, look at you. Like, the, that last episode really just pulled it together for me, so. I liked it a lot. And, uh... His conversation with General Patton also kind of got me. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm not gonna say I forgot about that, but yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it too. Yeah, um, man, I'm excited about this week. Last week was uh, a trash big letdown. So yeah, yeah, I'm glad that uh, we watched things that I like this week. Yeah, I, I'm. I'd rather take uh, a lot of it's fine as opposed to uh, a lot of no. All right. Um. Yeah, short review, kind of, but uh, 
that means we have some time to fill. Toss a beer to your Caleb. Five minute adventures. Five minute adventures. Whoa. Welcome to Five Minute Adventures, a new short form improvisational role playing podcast that is crammed matryoshka like into our already in progress podcast. In this week's adventure, we find our hero standing before the mighty, the mighty fortress of Azamon. In the weeks leading up to the midwinter holiday, many packages have been arriving bearing the sigil of Azamon, which were found to contain a small robot that identified itself as Excella. The Excellas initially appeared helpful, but were found to be cursed objects that attempted to mind control their owners in order to control their purchasing decisions. As you approach the outer gate of the fortress, you see figures moving between the crenellations on the high walls. It seems the forces of Azamon have rallied their prime guard against you. What do you do? <laughs> uh, I, I figured out what you were doing, and then the fucking prime guard got me. <laughs> oh, fuck. So I'm standing in front of like a, a castle door, basically. Basically, yeah. Am I a, am I am I the holdover from last time? Do I still have a tentacle arm, or am I just a regular dude? You don't. You don't have to be. Okay. We're um, not doing character creation, so. All right, I'll just be a regular. You dude. can you can craft your own character on the fly. If you tell me that you have a big sword or like magic spells or a gun, I'll believe you. All right. Uh, I I walk up to the castle gates and I go. Beth Jesus, I've come to bargain. <laughs> the uh giant uh heavy wooden and steel reinforced door swings open ominously and inside you see uh a group of Azamon's prime guards uh standing there with spears. Uh I start approaching. Also, all around this courtyard are uh, carriages laden with uh, a bunch of crates that have this uh, sort of curved arrow logo, the, the sigil of Azamon. All right, I, I uh, approach the guards. Halt! What business have you with the the kingdom of Azamon? Uh, I've come to bargain with uh, Beth Jesus. <laughs> You've come to die, and they attack you. Okay. Uh, I pull out. Uh, let's go um, a two-handed sword. Uh, roll dice, I guess. Okay, what kind of dice? I don't know. I Just have... tell me if it's a high number or not. There's okay. no rules. It's a middle high number. It's a 12 on a 20-sided dice. It's like you're Gimli at the Battle of Helm's Deep in the second Lord of the Rings movie, which Gerald hasn't seen. You, you could be better, but you're holding your own. Okay. And uh, chop some guys apart. And I think take a prisoner, maybe? I don't know. You tell me. It's your story. You're a hero. I mean, I'm just focusing on like breaking spears, because I'm not here to murder these dudes. I'm here to, you know... Talk with Beth Jesus. I think with the twelve, you uh, like cut the heads off of a bunch of their spears, but one of them kind of sneaks one in there under your swing and and uh, manages to stab you a little bit in the side. Oh no, my side has been stabbed. <laughs> what 
are you wearing? Are you wearing armor? Yeah. Like, uh, I guess chainmail, I guess. Okay. It goes in a little bit. Ow. I'm hurt a little bit. <laughs> um, really, really now what do you do? Right now. Yeah. I guess, uh, I don't know. What are the guys doing without the, the spearheads and shit? Like, are they just chilling? I, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I could make them do, like, bow staff shit, but I think, like, you break their weapons and they're like, aww, and they, like, <laughs> start dragging the broken spears behind them and just, like, walk out the gate and walk home. <laughs> exactly like that. Alright, I guess I will attempt, like, a roll maneuver and uh, get past the, the one dude remaining with a spear. Alright, uh, roll dice again. Oh no, it's a two. Yeah, he gets you. Um, he he clonks you on the head with the the butt end of his spear, and says, "Uh, I will, I will now take you as my prisoner, uh, and present you to our our lord." Uh, and kind of holds the holds a dagger up to your neck, and uh, starts walking with you further into the castle. Um. You pass through another big door, and uh, you see the Fulfillment Center. It is filled with depressed workers who aren't given adequate benefits and who are unable to spend the midwinter holiday with their families. Uh, everybody's very dour, and they're packing uh, various wares into these crates. It seems like, uh, you know, nobody has uh, good union benefits or adequate insurance. Correct, correct. <laughs> Uh, and he guides you through that area and into uh, the inner sanctum. You come to uh, a room that is filled with stacks and stacks of gold coins. Uh, and the guard says, uh, I summon thee, Lord Beel's- Bielbezos. Uh, I have captured a prisoner. Uh, and this giant pile of gold coins starts to shake and... Uh, animates and it's a giant demon made of gold coins oh, that's and awesome. he says i i am Beel's Bielbezos of uh the uh new jersey Bielbezoses. <laughs> okay i say uh you know show me my homie uh what what's your business here have you come to challenge my uh market uh, Monopoly. I mean, I'm not a big fan of this uh, Alexio thing that you 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 got here. Excellas. They uh, were sorry, called ex- Excellas. Ex- this Excella thing that you got here, which uh, <laughs> r- r- you know, mind controls people. Excella's great. Uh, it never mishears what you say and starts talking to you unprompted while you're recording a podcast. Ah, uh, but that's not. That's not the problem. It's controlling minds now. What have you done? I've done what is necessary to dominate the market. Are we fighting or something? What is happening? Uh, ha- yeah, I say have at thee, and then I, I uh, bop the dude who has the spear and dagger <laughs> and try to fight the, the demon thing made of gold coins. All right. Uh, B.O. Bezos will uh, roar at you and use his breath weapon, uh, which fires a a spray of pennies at your face uh i guess roll to avoid it 
Ooh, 20. Nat 20, obviously. Uh, you definitely dodge out of the way, and I guess hold open your cloak, if you're wearing one, and catch a bunch of coins in it. Oh man, I'm fucking rich. you can take home. Uh, now I will uh, throw, like, it, like, point this, like, attack his face thing with the spear. Yeah, he has a giant round bald head, so. Alright, let's see if it doesn't glean off of it. Oh no, another two. Uh, you score a glancing blow and knock some gold coins off of him. Uh, and then he picks up a a 52-inch flat screen LCD TV <laughs> and chucks it at you. Um... <laughs> Oh no! I don't have dice. Roll, roll dice. It's a one. No. Uh, you are knocked across the room and uh, lose half of your hit points. Uh, sh- sure. Uh, I then say, "Damn, that could have gone to a, a nice family." And uh, run up and try to stab him with a spear again. Okay. Thirteen. No, how did you know that my one weakness was being stabbed? <laughs> uh, he kind of like Sandman, I guess, in fucking Spider-Man. Like, he starts yes. to, like, slough off a bunch of gold coins, and uh, the the curse of B.L. Bezos is broken, and he turns into money. Hooray. Uh, and then... And then uh, you notice in the back of the room there's a, a large cage which has uh, Santa Claus and Jesus in it. And they thank you for saving Christmas. Goodbye. All right, so with five-minute adventures out of the way, it's now time to cut into another quick break. And when we come back from said break, we're going to talk about uh, another unstoppable force with Tread. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash apple podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get into a segment which uh, has somehow been led by your sister, despite the fact she does not give us money. Uh, It's called (laughs) Caleb's sister got this one for free and now has to pay for all the rest. It's true. Um, we watched Tread. Tread is a 2020 true crime documentary. It's a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Pushed to his breaking point, a master welder in a small town at the foot of the Rocky Mountains quietly fortifies a bulldozer with 30 tons of concrete and steel and seeks to destroy those he believes has, has eh, that he believes have wronged him. I didn't know if I was supposed to say have or has. Uh, this is written and directed by Paul Solette. Soleil, maybe I don't know. 
Uh, and it's a story of Marvin Hemeyer, uh, a crazy person. It's true! Caleb, what did you think of the tread? I liked it a lot. I had a fine time. It's a, it's a true crime documentary that's uh, made like all the other true crime documentaries with reenactments and such. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the whole time I was watching it, I was just like agog. Like, what a fucking wild planet we live on. What a man. Yeah. He he really, you know, he he did the thing. He really went for it. He really created a bulldozer? Or he really took a bulldozer and welded some fucking plates on it until yeah. uh, it became uh, all but bulletproof and rampaged he... across the town. <laughs> he fucking designed and built custom composite armor for a fucking bulldozer and destroyed half of an American town. Yes. It's, it's unbelievable. Like, you... It has to be seen to be believed. Like, please watch Tread, by all means. So, like, the first, what, 20 minutes or so are basically setting up him uh, and, like, what his problem is with everybody uh, why, and why he uh, eventually got to the point where he did what he did. So, this is wild, because I don't know... Like, I don't know... What the filmmaker was like trying to say or do but like the first 20 minutes or so like paint him in a pretty sympathetic light mm -hmm. it's like oh like everyone was out to get him and you know he he had a hard time and all this stuff and like he just finally reached the point where he snapped and then like he starts building a custom bulldozer to run over their houses and businesses yep <laughs> and then it shifts completely and it's like yeah he was just a crazy guy his business was pretty successful like we were all nice to him he just like it kind of portrays him as being like i don't know probably like schizophrenic or like having some yeah. other sort of disorder yeah schizophrenic is what ashley said and i'm like i don't know what schizophrenia is but uh i mean other than like the cartoon version they put in all the movies is like oh he heard voices right well there are like ty versions of schizophrenia where it's like you perceive plots that are out to get you and it's like kind of a narcissistic thing like people will just kind of like not give a shit or like not go out of their way to talk to you but like since you're a narcissist and think that, like, the world revolves around you, like, you think that it's part of some plot to undermine your life or mm -hmm. whatever, which seems like kind of what he had going on. So, like, yeah. it, the movie spends, like, 20 to 30 minutes saying, like, oh, everybody in this town's a piece of shit. And then the rest of the movie is all of those people in town saying, like, nah, this, guy, this one guy was a fucking unhinged lunatic. Yeah, like, it's, um, I've never heard such, like, a, a massive disparity in between social interactions that this guy held. Because, like, the first one, he talks about, like, this guy, like, he's at auction, he bought he bought this piece of property for $42,000, and this guy basically, like, loses his fucking shit. And then when you yeah. hear everyone else talk about it, they're like... They're like, he didn't talk to him at all that day. Yeah, 
Uh, it was like we had a ten minute conversation. He was screaming at me. His business partner had to pull him away from me. And it's like the business partner was like, "Nah, we just didn't get the property." And we we're like, "Okay," and then moved on. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't. That may have just been a a fabrication of a sick mind, but like, you know, there's there's always two sides to every story. The truth is usually somewhere in the middle. So, uh, like, obviously, the people that are alive are gonna back each other up and, you know, cover their own asses. See, I would have loved to have seen the town hall minutes because, like, one of the other big inflection points, like, in terms of perception of reality uh, was around that. And based off of everybody else, like, he, he brought up good points. Like, everyone was like, yeah, this is fine. Like, you're you're helping the community by bringing up all these points. And he's just like, all right, uh, everyone was against me, and everyone was like, this is stupid, Like, I can't believe you're doing this kind of stuff. And it's like, uh, okay. I'd love to see the minutes to see what was going on there, because, like, we should have, like, distinct documentation of what actually went on there. Yeah. Hey, remember that time this guy just had a job, basically, to snowmobile? Yeah, I don't know. I have a job, basically, to feed my wife and buy magic cards, so. That's true. I want to talk about the <laughs> the fucking fortifications he made to the dozer. Uh-huh. So he bought this dozer in an auction and like brought California. it in and like immediately put yeah, and he immediately like put a for sale sign on it. Um which I don't get that really unless like he had been planning this for longer than what he said. Cuz like why buy it? He like he had a muffler shop. I don't know why he would right. purchase such a big piece of equipment. His friend said it was like supposed to be for intimidation or something like that. I was like, who's intimidated by a fucking bulldozer? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, the town after the after the incident. Well, sure, but that's like more like an armored <laughs> fucking tank bulldozer and not you know a normal bulldozer. So he designed and constructed custom composite armor. For the bulldozer, he took, uh, like, fucking half-inch thick steel and, like, layered them with a gap between and then poured concrete in between them to make fucking composite tank armor. Yeah. Like, this guy, based off of just that alone, is, is like, turns out he's, like, I don't want to say smart, but he knows what he's doing. So, like... I, that's like that that kid in school where like you feel like they could be the school shooter, so you go befriend them. I feel like that's what a lot of people were doing. Yeah. We're like, hey, we know this guy could be a loose cannon. Let's go be nice to him. So you know, should he wander into town with a fucking bulldozer armored Man, up I'm to glad the I called the that guy. <laughs> exactly, the thing from <laughs> Billy Madison. Yeah, but yeah, like uh, I don't know. He's, this guy's just crazy. Like this was this was insane. Like, like a, a bunch of people. And the 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 dumbest thing is is like he made a fucking profit off of his property. Like, yeah. Uh, what is that? A thousand percent on over ten years is amazing when you consider that the normal uh, rate of return for any kind of investment I think is like six point two percent over over ten years. He was actually smart about how he like gave the money to his family, so whenever 
people tried to collect for the damages to all their shit. Mm-hmm. Like, they pretty much just couldn't. Oh, this guy fucking hated these people, and he fucked them over in every possible way that he could. Yeah. I mean, outside of, you know, bulldozing their fucking town. He he didn't actually kill anybody, but, like, he wouldn't have hesitated to, because he tried to run over some cops with his bulldozer, and he, like, bulldozed through the two brothers uh, running in a van that he hated. <laughs> Right. Uh, like, he bulldozed through their mom's house, <laughs> which, like, she got out, I guess, like, three minutes before the bulldozer ran through it. It's like, she was, like, 80. She would have just been there. Oh, yeah. Well, they they were, like, what? She was, like, asleep, like, 30 minutes before they, like, he even got to the house. So, like, it's possible she would have just been dead. Yeah. It's pretty fucking wild. It's one of the craziest things, and I I think I remember hearing about that. Uh, now I want to bring up the very funny thing at the very end where I just went, "Oh, yes. this movie! This movie just held a big <laughs> middle finger to Caleb, didn't it?" Yeah. So this, like, it did make national news. It was a big story whenever this happened. Oh yeah. But every network dropped it the next day because the next day after this happened was the day that Ronald Reagan died. <laughs> Like I'm not even kidding. As soon as as soon as I saw him, like, oh, this movie just fucking hates Caleb. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. What a man. What a thing. Like if he would have just waited a week or done it a week earlier, he'd have gotten all the attention that he wanted. Yeah. So now 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 we had to deal with a week of Ronald Reagan funeral shit. As opposed to man bulldozes town in armored fucking tank. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like his anger was misplaced. The headline should have been man bulldozes Ronald Reagan's funeral. <laughs> that'd have been that'd have been fucking great. That'd have been amazing. <laughs> so is that what the point of this documentary is? Is like, hey, this guy never got his moment in the sun because Ronald Reagan fucking died. We're gonna give it to you now. I don't think that's it so much. I think it's just like, hey, here's this crazy thing that happened. Okay, yeah. Well, it's that crazy thing that like, hey, remember this happened? And you're like, yeah, kinda. What, what what actually went on with that? And you actually like hear his taped manifesto, and it's like, this guy just was either completely detached from reality, or like got pushed too much and just you know went overboard. But uh, I I love the recreation. That they did for this uh, of the sequence of him. Oh, so good. Bulldozing Dude, the fucking watching town. the fucking watching the killdozer bust out through like the sheet metal of like the little shed that they built just to get that shot. You know was that director amazing. like was like editing that and like fucking like slow stroking it to to that clip because like that is what people make documentaries for. Hmm. Alright, uh well what did you think of Tread? I I enjoyed my time with it because like I think it does do a decent enough job giving you both sides of the story. I I'd rather know the truth than both sides of the story. Like I yes, I want to know his side of the story, I want to know everyone else's side of the story, and I want to know like the obviously the middle, the truth. Uh we're I, apparently we're never going to get the truth because I guess the minutes were destroyed or something like that. 
but and also the guy uh, killed himself after he got stuck because he was just like, "Eh, fuck it, I don't want to deal with this shit. I will. I'll, I'm just gonna be done with this." So, um, but the other thing is, it's like it's not. I, I don't say it's not well made, but it's like like it looks cheap at points. Like there's there's that shot of that guy who has the fifty cal rifle and he's shooting it at the camera, and it's like very clearly like he's not actually shooting the gun it's just like he's lifting it like to simulate it shooting and then like they're putting like cg whiffs of smoke off of it and it's like first of all a 50 yeah. cal rifle would like blow you back through like the nearest wall like uh my experience with 50 caliber rifles is halo and the only reason that the 50 cal sniper rifle doesn't blow master chief through shit is a because he has ridiculously heavy armor and B is because he's a fucking super soldier. So, uh, the, me seeing the 50 cal guns was like, Oh, that's cool. But wait, you should be dead because you shouldn't be firing a 50 (laughs) cal gun like that. Well, yeah, like the 50 cal sniper rifles and shit, they have like a rail system built into it. It's like whenever you fire it, the, like it doesn't like the shock of it doesn't go through the stock of the rifle. Like it, like the actual gun part slides back on a rail to absorb hmm. the shock of it. It's really interesting, but oh, okay. And then like the fifty cal rifle that he had mounted inside the killdozer, which also like would have fucked up his ears really bad. Oh yeah, but uh, it was like hanging mounted, so it would kind of like swing back. So that eh, was neat. I don't know. They put a little bit of thought into that. So I like the recreation stuff for the most part. I think some of it doesn't look that great because uh, it's very clearly like added in there for effect or stuff like that. But uh, it's good. I'll give it a three and a half. Yeah, I'll. I liked it. I'll give it a three and a half as well. Okay. Coolio. All right, Caleb. Uh, what are we doing next week on the show? Uh, next week, we are watching Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and uh, on the back of that, we're going to do a patron-requested review for The Invitation. Now, this is from Paul, uh, and he gave us a list of like three or four things, but uh, this was on there, and I wanted to celebrate the fact that it was on both uh, Australian Netflix and American Netflix, so uh, I had to do it. Nice. It also stars Tom Hardley, a.k.a. Logan Marshall Green. (laughs) That's a pretty good joke. Uh, It's Wayne's joke, and I stole it, and I'm giving him credit. Uh, But as for us, you can find us at NetflixAndSwill.com, NetflixAndSwill.com slash Apple Podcasts. You can do our Apple Podcasts page where you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and maybe even even subscribe. Uh, Patreon.com slash NetflixAndSwill, where you can... Uh, at the $5 level, give us money and we will uh, review a movie for you every quarter, like Paul. And uh, make sure you check out thestardraft.com slash swill, our sponsor for today's episode. Uh, sign up there and join our public league, simply titled Swill. All right. Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, uh, which is the taste that the Jello shots left in my mouth. And until next week, this is Caleb saying, we'll see you next Tuesday. 